Hello, welcome back to another episode of For My Role Podcast. I'm sorry that we took a brief break, had a lot going on, but we also got a lot of games to play and we did a little bit of research, so we're going to make up for it. This episode might be a little bit longer, but we got a lot of content for you. Yes. Yep. So uh, let's just get right into it. We are going to skip the news and go back to a segment that we did a couple episodes ago uh, with hot games and Kickstarter games. We did a little bit of research on that. So the first hot game is called High Rise. This is a game by Gil Hova, a popular designer, and published by Formal Ferret Games. And it looks like a kind of city building game. It's all about skyscrapers. Well, you literally are building the city. Yeah. Uh, the components seem pretty cool. You're literally, like <laughs> like you just mentioned, building skyscrapers. Yeah, and then you can, um, I guess as you upgrade them, you can just keep adding layers or like, I guess, floors to your skyscraper. Yeah, literally. Like they stand yeah. up on the... They stand up on the board, and you just keep on adding levels to it. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Looks like pretty good rating so far, and Gilhova's a good designer. Yeah, it looks like fun. Moving on to Kickstarter, there is a game that we want really badly. Uh, this is called Dead Reckoning. It comes from the same guy that did Mystic Veil. It is another game in the card crafting mechanism Series, line. Series, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it uses the sleeves. A clear sleeve, and you slip uh, little things. Uh, see-through cards. Yeah, see-through cards, and uh, you upgrade cards you already have. And in this case, it's kind of like a pirate uh, nautical theme. So you're upgrading your crew with these cards, these see-through cards. And it looks like the possibilities are endless. Like it's, It might be like a Western Legends. You could do whatever you want. You could be a privateer. You can be a pirate. I mean, looks like there's a ton of things you can do. And it also has a cool little combat system where it's kind of like a dice tower, but with cubes. Really nice artwork. It's the same person that did Black Angel. Yeah, which we love. And the artwork Mm -hmm. on Black Angel is phenomenal. Yeah, it's a lot of things coming together. But the high production value does lead to a high price tag, which we might not be able to do. (laughs) Yeah, I was really excited when I saw the trailer and I'm like, I need this game. And then I saw the price and I'm like, I don't know if I need this game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, price tag $79 before shipping, so the price would come up to one of our most expensive games, probably either Gloomhaven or Rebellion, mm-hmm. and that is, it. I mean, it looks like there's a good amount in the box, but not that, Yeah. not as much as those games. There's definitely big hype around it. I've seen on Facebook that a lot of people just instantly bought it, so... Yeah, I can imagine. Um, it does seem very good, so we might uh, save up for a bit and just bite the bullet. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it'll yeah, be a, it'll I'm be a like big deal. Eighty dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of cash. That's a lot of dough. Um, but who knows? It might uh, just go to retail we'll eventually, see. and we might be able to pick it up. I don't know if we're gonna wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the next game is another Kickstarter game with a small price tag, and this is called Lost in Australia, meaning Australia. Mm-hmm. And it is a tiny little card game. The artwork is wacky. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, well, it's I mean, it's a creepy deal. Australia's scary, dangerous But even creatures. the koalas look like murderous koalas. I think koalas are actually murderous. I think they are murderous in this game, too. They're super... I mean, they look cuddly, but I think they can eat I've, seen, I've seen videos. 
they're giant. They actually are more giant than it seems. <laughs> and they're freaking, they are creepy sometimes. <laughs> but uh, no, it looks really cool. And the thing that kind of got me uh, with the trailer and everything is this crafting thing where it's kind of like Minecraft. Like you get, uh, you could get wood and metal and make like a knife with it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that aspect's really cool. I like, um, you know, collecting stuff. And seeing what you could craft and put things together. Hopefully it gets a little more intricate than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems like the point of the whole game is that you're trying to either build something or you're trying to build a a device to communicate to be like, hey, rescue me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you're also trying to fight off all these... Trying to survive. Yeah, you're fighting off all these lizards and, you know, spiders and... All this, all the dages of Australia, which mm-hmm. are multiple, <laughs> and this one has a smaller price tag. Like I mentioned, it's fourteen dollars US, and it actually ships from Australia, so I don't know how that works. Yeah. Because it's originally in Australian dollars. Then it's another fourteen dollars to ship. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> but the good thing is that it is a tiny card game, only cards in this game, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, shipping hopefully isn't too bad. And last thing we're gonna talk about is a. It's not a game. It's a accessory. Yeah, I guess like yeah, I like guess. an accessory. Mm-hmm. And it's called Save State Cards, which um, first of all, it's two dollars for the print and play and ten dollars for the actual deck. This is a deck of cards. I think it's fifty plus cards. Mm-hmm. And basically, what it is is it has a lot of um, just single words on it, and it is to save your game. Um, if uh, you know, if you get interrupted halfway, you have to, you know, stop the game. You don't have to, oh, put everything back in the box and start again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could save your place with these cards that say discard pile, mm-hmm. deck, first player's hand, first player's scoring cards, first player's um, discard pile. Mm-hmm. You could just put these cards to separate each of the, you know, cards. Mm-hmm. That way you could save your game effectively. Yeah. And they have cards for everything. Like I said, 50 plus cards. So you could go up to like probably five players plus and uh, a lot of bunch place. of different, I guess, scenarios that you would need them for different things. Right. And I think mm-hmm. they're probably double sided too. Like you could have, you could save a lot of things, like, you know, probably everything you could think of. They thought it through. To blow and all of that, I think it said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really cool idea. I just. Figured I'd throw it in there. Once again, $2 for the print and play and $10 for the actual deck of cards. Uh, Yeah, really interesting. So now we're going to get into games we played. This one is a new one that we just bought. Um, We had played it originally at MeepleCon, whenever it was still MeepleCon. In Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah, before it was Dice Tower West. It came out in 2016, designed by Gilhova as well, Mm -hmm. um, as we mentioned earlier. Formal Ferret Games. And it is a card drafting slash set collecting game. Yeah, this game is a lot of fun. The artwork's a lot of fun. The cards are a lot of fun. Yeah, very humorous. Yeah, you basically have your own... You're running your own network and you have different time slots. Yep, there's 8, 9, and 10 p.m. And then you're pretty much putting shows on different time slots and trying to score for them depending on what ads you have and what stars you have uh, starring in them. Yep. Yeah, you're basically collecting stars and ads, and uh, you're throwing them on your different shows. Some shows require a star or a ad or mm-hmm. both. So yeah, ads get you money. Stars cost money. Some of them do. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes slots you have to have it like you get bonus points if it's on at 8 p.m. 
and uh, you get points for having sci-fi in certain spots. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just really, really simple. And man, the <laughs> some of the shows and actors are so spoofy, you know, satirical and stuff. We played this with our son, and he beat the crap out of us. Twice. Yeah. Wait, twice. Wait, did he win the second nope, time? Nope, I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Man, it's a really, really good one. Yeah, and the mechanism's interesting. So you can um have, like, a good kind of, like, machine going and set up, you know, the three different shows with really good ads, and you, you could be, like, creating revenue every single time um you reset. But the thing about it is you can't just stay like that and be like, okay, I'm good for the rest of the game because the... Uh, the shows degrade over time. They degrade over time, and then eventually they're worthless. So you kind of have to, you're forced to keep upgrading and keep switching out the time slots. Yeah, the you got to keep it time. fresh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all really just based, the victory points is just based on your viewers. Each different shows will give you certain viewers, and then mm-hmm. once you switch them to reruns, you take them out of the time slot and change them to reruns. It will also give you a one last time bonus. Yep, reruns get you extra points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, there's... As with most games, there's in-the-game bonuses mm-hmm. and uh, special powers. And... Yeah, but most of it is pretty much as you're playing, just the viewers you get as you're playing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, good game. Play it. Uh, I think it was relatively cheap for us, too. I think that's why we bought a couple of games at one time. Yeah, no, this one so, wasn't expensive. Less and than I think there's bucks. also an expansion, but we've only played with the base game. Oh, uh, man. We're, yeah, we're going to have to get the expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one was another game we played with our son. Of course, our son is obsessed with pro wrestling, WWE, and this is the Uno version of it. Put out in 2017 by Mattel. And this one is basically just Uno. normal Uno. <laughs> but Uno. it has one interesting mechanism, which is called Lock Up, I believe. This one, when you play it, you choose another player and you can pair the highest cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. The one with the highest card gets to hand his card over to the other player. So you get rid of a card. The loser. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you get rid of a card and the other person has to have an extra card. Uh, That's basically it. It's like a wild card called Lockup. Our son really likes it. He loves Uno. Uh, He hates when he loses. Yeah, he hates (laughs) it It's kind of a sore sport. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, as fun as Uno can get. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you got to play as simple ones with the kids. So our next one is a small box two-player game. We love those. Uh, this one is Caverna Cave versus Cave. This was put out in 2017 by our boy Uwe Rosenberg. Yay! Published by Mayfair Games. And it is a tile placement. Of course, Uwe Rosenberg gets like, tile what? placement. <laughs> yeah, how strange. Uh, and it's a drafting game. And you're building your cave, I guess. You are building your cave. You're excavating it and making rooms Mm -hmm. within this cave. And that's pretty much it. But the trick is having the right resources. There's special rules for placing the caves. Mm -hmm. You get more actions as the game goes on. So it kind of gets longer the the further you go in. Mm Got to be strategic with the number of resources you need to build your certain rooms. Yeah, and... Pretty much, especially at the beginning, you only get two turns each, so... Yeah, it's kind of cutthroat, too. <laughs> yeah, so you have to make sure that you're taking advantage of every single turn. Yeah, because there's only, like, one excavation one, and if you can't excavate your cave, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, because you need to excavate to make space to then buy a building. That Kind of like a building, but... Yeah, like a room. Yeah, to put back into your cave. Right. And that's space that you've made. And rooms are worth uh, both victory points, and they give you special actions. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's a real good two player game. It 
play surprisingly quickly. Yeah. Even with the, you know, even with the added actions as you go on. Uh, because you kind of, you find your path as you're going. And you're like, okay, I found my machine. Just boom, 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 boom. It's kind of cutthroat in the first place because you're both wanting the actions. You want to start off doing the same thing, kind of, so you don't fall behind. Yeah, because you don't have a cave, really. So yeah. you're, like, trying to make a cave, but not in a mean way. It's not mean. Yeah, or and it's very easy to set up, very minimal components, just, like, tiles and then your cave and then um, kind of like the action selection area yep. where you select your um, actions and some resource tokens that you move up and down depending on what you have. And that's pretty much it. It's a quick setup, quick game, mm-hmm. and you quick to put away, so it's not bad. <sighs> Small box two players are yeah, just I love the best. Them. It's just nice condensed, specifically made for two players, so then uh, like that you don't have to re- read so many rules or take out components or add components or whatever you have to do to make it for two players. Which is the issue we run into very often. Oh, man. Yeah. Those are just the best. And Uwe's really good at the two-player game. I mean, Patchwork's one of our favorites. Hopefully, they just keep putting out all these two players because, man, they're just the best. Yes. All right. So, our next one is another one we bought from the original MeepleCon before it was Dice Tower West. (laughs) I believe. Yeah. And... No, actually, no. Oh, was it Dice Tower West? It was already Dice Tower West. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. sat down and I think we played a... Played a quick game we played and a quick game Vicky bought an impulse. Yay! <laughs> bought I, right the back. I never impulse buy. What are you talking <laughs> <about>? <laughs> Yep, she's just like, oh, this is good. I'll take one. Yeah. I think it was only like $20, though. I think that's why I took it. Yeah, and the and designer was like, there. And so. the artwork was so cute and he taught us how to play it. And it's a two-player game, too, so I was like, I need it. Yep. Uh, so this is called Kodama Duo. This was put out in 2018 by Nick Little and Daniel Solis. Published by Indie Boards and Cards. It's an I Split You Choose game. I mean, that's the whole game. I Split You Choose mm-hmm. and card placement, which is kind of like the tile placement. It's card placement. You're mm-hmm. building a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simple rules. All you do is you have, I believe, three seasons. Yes. Uh, each season has a special rule you have to do. And all you're doing is creating branches on your tree, and based on the matching symbols in the branch, you kind of take the branch you placed, and you count backwards. Uh, any matching symbols on the way back will get you points. One point each, yeah. Yep. So they have different symbols like stars, caterpillars. Mushrooms. Mushrooms, yeah. So if you had a star, a caterpillar, and a mushroom, and a mushroom, and the card and before it, and a mustard, <laughs> and the card before it had all three of those symbols as well, you would get uh, six points mm-hmm. because you have the three on the card you placed, the three on the card before, and if you have any more moving forward or moving backward um, to your tree trunk, uh, you would count those points as well. Yeah, as long as you can make a continuous line from whatever you place, you get to count backwards whatever you have. Yeah, if there's any gaps uh, where there's one of the symbols missing, then you don't get the point for that symbol. Mm-hmm. So very simple. But the the catch is if the card you placed would get you over 10 points, mm-hmm. you can't place it. And you also have end of game scoring uh, or end of season scoring, I suppose. End of season. I think it's like four turns and then the season ends and then four turns and then the season ends again. Well, you have a, a special four card objective death. Yeah. And you can you choose at the end of that season to score that objective card mm-hmm. and then you get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you kind of got to be tricky with that. Uh, it also comes with a small expansion to the original 
a Kodama game, which I believe is five and six player expansion. No, I or think does this, it just add? This adds a six player, I think so. Adds up to okay. six. So technically, you can combine Kodama Duo with the just regular Kodama and right. add, I think, up to six players. I'm not sure what the original one. Basically, is. extra cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is Kodama Duo, another little two player game. Um, I'm not crazy about it, honestly. No, I'm not that crazy about it either. But, uh, you know, I guess quick two-player game. And it's one of our rare I Split You Choose. I don't think we have we too have many of them. We have Hanaminokoji? Is that what it's called? <laughs> Hanamikoji. Hanamikoji. I I, no, no, no. I don't think I even said it right. Hanamikoji. I yeah, think, I think that that's the only end. other one I can think of that is I Split You Choose. And we don't play that one a lot either. No, it's beautiful artwork, but we just don't play it. Maybe it's just not our thing. Maybe it's know. not our thing. I don't know, but but we played it, <laughs> and we had a decent time. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, okay, so this next game is one of our most beloved games. Uh, it's called Keyflower. This was uh, designed by Sebastian Bleasdale and Richard Breeze, published by R&D Games, put out in 2012. It is a tile-slash-worker placement game, and the main mechanic in this is bidding, yes. which is actually a good thing for two players. I think rarely yeah. bidding games are not too good for two players. This one is good. It works really well just because you have to bid with your workers, which you also need to activate stuff with. So yeah, it's kind of like a tough choice. Yeah, it's really interesting mechanic. Yeah. I think this one is in our top 10 games ever. Yes. Even though this last time we played it, I think we completely forgot the rules and we had to restart <laughs> a few times. Yeah, we had to restart twice. We're like, I wait, how do you play this game again? Yeah, yeah. And we might have even been playing kind of wrong before that. But it is a great game. So uh, the basic mechanic in this is the bidding feature, which you're bidding for tiles to add to your village. You have a screen that keeps the amount of workers you get. Mm -hmm. What you do is you're bidding with a specific color of worker. You could have, I think there's three different colors. I think there's four. I yellow. Think it's three. Oh, actually, there might only be three. Red, yellow, and, and blue. Blue. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So you're bidding, uh, but your bids all have to be the same color. So you got to kind of think, I have three red workers and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, does the other player have four? Yeah, you because know, if you're going to start off by bidding one. You got to one up the other bid. Yeah, so if you're doing, if you only have three that, and you really want that tile, you kind of messed up. You should have done a different color. Because then you won't have enough to up, you know, outbid the other person and you're stuck. Right. Yeah, uh, really interesting mechanic and your village gets really cool toward the end. And it's, man, by the end, you're like, ah, oh, it was too quick. Like, yeah. you want to keep playing because you just set up your village. Yeah, and then it also kind of has, like, a Carcassonne thing where you have to match up, like, grass to grass and road to road. Yes. And um, each kind of, like, building that you create will usually give you some type of, usually will give you some type of resource. Right. And the interesting, about it, interesting thing about it is when you produce a resource, it stays on that tile. Right. So if you want to transport those resources you have to use another tile that will let you move them mm -hmm. so you kind of slowly have to inch all of your resources if you need like one of each right. towards this one tile so you can turn in those resources to flip it over and yeah that's another it. yeah that's another yeah. major mechanic is upgrading um, so that's pretty much the bulk of your 
victory points. Yep, you get victory points and you get more powerful actions with mm -hmm. upgrading these parts of your city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. It's great. Yeah, and you really do have to be very strategic about it. You won't get a lot of tiles and the seasons go by really quickly. And mm -hmm. I kind of messed up where I got something that will that is going to be upgraded with a certain type of resource and I didn't get anything that created that resource. So yeah. I didn't have any way to get it, any way to finish that, that, yeah. that building. So yeah, it's really tight game. Right. Oh, and another catch is that you can use your opponent's buildings. Mm -hmm. So then so, they keep your worker too though. Yeah, no, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is another thing. They get to keep your worker, but it could be totally worth it to just mm -hmm. be like, I, I'm going to, you know, start bidding on, it's basically a bid as well, because in order for you to use your actions, even on your own, your own tableau, you, uh, you kind of have to outbid your, either yourself or how many workers are on Whatever there. Whatever was already there So before. if you want to take the action once, you could put one worker, and then if you want to take the action again, you got to put two more yeah. of the same color. So you really got to strategize. Which really, that's like, goes back to what makes the workers like so valuable. Right. It's like you have to use them for your actions. You have to use them for your bidding. You also don't want to just buy all these buildings that you might not even be able to upgrade and kind of just yep. taking up space. So Yeah. You want to make sure they're worth victory points. Yeah. A lot of uh, tough decisions. And that they're valuable enough to get you more actions or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is a, a great Bidding game, two player is great. I don't even know how it plays with more. I mm -hmm. suppose most bidding games are probably good with more. Maybe more cutthroat for sure. Yeah, well, it would probably be good because it might be a little bit longer. More options. I'm yeah. sure there's more tiles out there to bid on. You probably get more meeples, like more workers as well. Good game. Good game, yep. All right, now we're going to get into our deep dive. <laughs> All right, our deep dive this week is Blackout Hong Kong. This was another game we bought uh, on our latest binge. <laughs> we bought the <laughs> networks and we bought Blackout Hong Kong. They're both relatively cheap, so we were within budget. Uh, so this one was designed in 2018 by Alexander Pfister, published by Eggertspiel. One to four players, card drafting, deck building, dice rolling. It's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, components basically we have custom dice we have wooden cubes we have cards of course and we have a main board and player boards so the main board is kind of set up like a pandemic style kind of looks like it uh, dots with connecting lines, lines uh, and it's basically um, Hong Kong the city mm -hmm. you're Objective is to light up the city and claim districts, which is basically surrounding the uh, like a, a triangle of spaces, the connecting I guess connecting, dots. You're connecting like, the dots. <laughs> pretty much. And if you surround an area, like make a shape out of it, then you claimed that district. Uh, you get also VP for the more cards you get, which get you more actions. These are called volunteers. And these are your basically your workers. Your workers, but... Kind of in the beginning, they start off as your goals. Mm -hmm. I guess you kind of have to, you buy the card and then you put it in like your goal area. And then in, in order to use it, you have to unlock it by paying a certain amount of resources. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into your hand. Then you can use it like a worker. Right. So it's a very interesting mechanism. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're basically completing 
these mini objectives to get the actual to, card. To actually be able to use the card. Yeah. yeah, each card has an objective space and it also has a new action you get. Mm -hmm. Which is, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, so we're going to get into, that being said, we're going to get into our thoughts on the game. We had some gripes with basically the visual aspects of the board and of the cards. Well, I'm blind. Well, we're both blind. We were wearing glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Visually impaired. Yeah. So um, two things that made it really complicated was the coins. Oh, God. The yeah. ones and the fives look like almost pretty much exactly the same. Which is uh, inexcusable. I mean, they are they are the exact same color. And like maybe a millimeter bigger than yeah, the Yeah, <laughs> the fives are a millimeter bigger than the ones. I mean, there's they can easily be confused. And it blends in with the back of it. Yeah, they're exactly the same color. I mean, yeah, the, the numbers are the exact same color as the backing of the, the coin visual. So you, like the one doesn't pop out or the five doesn't exactly. pop out. It just looks like a coin. Just I mean, make the ones a different color. Why not? Yeah. I mean, a different shape. There's no excuse, really. There's really no excuse. So that was a major gripe. And, I mean, we tried separating them, and it still, still was, like, work. confusing. Yeah. So back to the fact that we can't see very well the mm -hmm. these um, special dice that it came with. The custom dice, uh-huh. Yeah. They have resources on each side. Right. And there's a gas tank, and then there's a book. Those are two different type of resources mm -hmm. in the game. And they look exactly the same because they're just like a rectangle. Yep, and it, the only difference is the gas tank has a tiny little spigot on it. So <laughs> it's like, that was another one. Like, oh man, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to fix this stuff, but <laughs> it should have been fixed somehow. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, I mean, but other than that, just being really careful and not not grabbing the five instead of the one or whatever. Yeah. It it wasn't like a big deal, but it was kind of like annoying. Yeah. Uh, another thing I had, uh, I don't think Vicky had this as much, was the color scheme was just boring. The board was basically just black and orange. Was the whole thing was black and orange. Yeah, it was. Everything was black and orange. I mean, the cards were mostly black and orange. Everything was basically just black and orange. The whole board was really this boring looking thing. The chits were black and orange. Mm-hmm. Everything was just black and orange, which is super boring. Uh, I get that it's a blackout in the city, mm -hmm. but there could have been something to kind of, I don't know, just make it a little more interesting to look at because it was just kind of ugly. Yeah, the board wasn't very nice. Um, the mm -hmm. cards themselves, like the volunteers or the artwork was really good. Yeah, but they the uh, they had no coloring. They did have for... some. Oh, actually, they didn't. Just in the corner, they would tell you if it's like a red Red and the resource. pictures themselves, um, you know, with the great artwork, all it had was a plain color palette. I mean, mm -hmm. it was all the same color. Purple is basically a purple box that's all the same color and just a drawing of mm -hmm. a good drawing, but it's just a drawing. Of <laughs> and it was just, yeah, it's it's visually not a pretty game in my opinion. Okay, so um, that being said, getting yes. those gripes out of the way, <laughs> it was a good game. No, it was a good game, and I think the mechanisms were very interesting. Yes. Um, Especially because you are kind of are building your deck, but it's not just like, I'm going to buy this card. 
and then just add it to my deck i'm gonna like have to unlock it and then i can add it to my deck yeah and you could get really creative so there's special effects when you i guess whenever you refresh whenever you take cards into your hand if you have less than four cards in your hand you have to pick up uh the highest stack the stack with the most cards that you put in front of you mm -hmm. Because uh, you stack your cards in three different, basically, columns. Slots, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the one with the most cards you have to pick up. So you got to be kind of strategic. So you got to be like, okay, I need to pick up this worker again soon. Yeah, you know, you could kind of spread them out a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, like I kind of need this card because it's powerful. So I'm going to make sure I play it on this stack, mm -hmm. which is going to be my longest stack, stack. So make sure that you pick it up whenever that time comes. You get your good cards in that. Right. That being said is, you know, as you get more cards in your deck, you're it's gonna, take gonna be putting yeah you're not gonna get that dude back for a while because you have to have less than four cards in your mm -hmm. hand so you might want to like spread them out a little bit yeah it's, it's very strategic and so you only get to do this refresh action it's not guaranteed like you can do it like every four turns five turns you might get to do it every two turns like it just depends how many cards you have mm -hmm. so once you get to refresh you also get like special bonuses if you have unlocked any refresh actions on your tableau that you can do those as well yeah and you're kind of forced to uh, also spread your cards out a little bit because you want to refresh as often as possible yeah because you get special powers when you refresh once you claim a district it's kind of like great western trail where you put um you put one of these houses to claim the district but whenever you remove this house from your board it unlocks a secret power on your board yeah that happens every time you refresh so that's your most powerful thing to do. Yeah, you want to just try to refresh and as often as possible. Yeah, you get, get pretty much power. a free action. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You get a yeah a powerful action too. Mm -hmm. So that's another interesting concept. Uh, one other thing I wanted to get into was with two players, you play with significantly less cards than yeah. is included in the box. Uh, so that's basically your timer because you're setting these cards out as basically a display there's three rows of mm -hmm. cards of four each and if any of these uh every turn you get rid of the rightmost cards on each row yeah mm -hmm. and you know of course people are taking these cards as well you're buying them yeah you could buy these cards so every time a column is empty mm -hmm. then you set out another you know four cards or if the column has i mean because you get rid of columns too earlier. Well, no. If there's only one left at the end of the of the round, you're gonna have to take that last one off and set another four. And, and that's another. your timer. Yeah. So I mean, it, regardless, this thing could the game is over was over with us I think fairly quickly. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't buy cards, it's still gonna keep the timer's still gonna keep going. So it's not like it's gonna go on forever. Yeah. And you kind of want to claim your cards too because you don't know if it's at the at the very end it's gonna get taken off at the end of the of the turn you won't get to buy it. Right. So. Yeah. So the timer was uh, just taken by super quickly. Another thing was that the board is, you know, it's built for four players, so mm -hmm. it's huge, and uh, you have no with two players you don't have any limits. You know, the board doesn't get tighter or anything. Mm -hmm. So. We didn't have any kind of interaction. In this game, there is a special mechanic for interacting. If, uh, say, I had one cube uh, to capture a district and uh, Vicky had the two other cubes to form like a triangle, mm -hmm. she would still capture that district, but I would get some points for it for having kind of a cube off there. Of it, yeah. <laughs> and it seems like that was kind of a major mechanic too because, you know, you're, you kind of want to bleed into each other so you get more points off each mm -hmm. other. And we 
kept completely away from each other. Yeah. The whole game, which uh, was kind of, I felt like we were missing out on an aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, because towards the end, we were kind of getting close to each other, but we didn't have the colors we needed to fully complete and be like, I am just going to claim this last dot off of yours so I can just get all the points. Yeah, so I was thinking we were missing kind of an aspect of that. I kind of, I mean, I don't know if it would mess with things, but I wish the board was kind of tightened a little just for two. Maybe an overlay on the board Mm -hmm. or just saying, hey, this portion of the board is cut off in two players and, you know, you just play in this certain part. So uh, I don't know if that would have changed anything. Well, we might just have to play it again. It might have just been that specific game. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, that's not completely a gripe. I still think the game was really fun. Very unique uh, yeah. with the mechanics. Oh, yeah. And I, very good mechanics. Yep. And this was put out, I believe, before Great Western Trail. I'm almost positive. So uh, it's good that, uh, you know, Fister's still on our, our good list. Yeah, and, and it's also very decent price. I think it was less... And less than $35 probably. Yeah, less than 30 mm-hmm. I, I think, even less than 30 mm-hmm. Uh, So, yeah, pick this one up if you like Fister. It's a, a really... It's a different one, for sure. Yeah, it's a good one if you don't mm-hmm. mind the the drab looks. Mm-hmm. But, hey, if you're into... If you're into any kind of Euro games, you're used to bad graphics, oh, you know, yeah. you're used to the ugly good games, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we have no, no problems with that. No, as long as it's a good game, it's okay, it's if it's ugly or boring, boring looking, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll play ugly games. All right, so that being said, we're going to get into our death by exposure. This week's death by exposure is a movie that is on Amazon right now, or I guess came out on Amazon, and it's called Knives Out. This was put out in 2019, uh, directed by Ryan Johnson, a star-studded cast of great actors. Everyone. (laughs) Yeah, it's got everyone in it. Uh, We got Daniel Craig in it. We got Chris Evans in it. We got Jamie Lee Curtis in it. We have Michael Shannon. We got Daniel Craig with a Kentucky Fried accent. (laughs) We have 007. We have Captain America. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig with a southern accent is just great. It was hilarious. He was my favorite part. Yeah, old-timey southern accent, too. (laughs) Yeah, I think someone even called him, like, who invited the colonel over? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, with the way he talks. Uh, It's so entertaining. Uh, I laughed multiple times. um, So I went to school to be a screenwriter. So I had a lot of respect for the for the way things were written. I laughed out loud multiple times. Uh, very clever writing. Yeah, and I think um, just kind of made fun of itself. It's just like a very silly movie. Yes. Um, uh, well, let's kind of explain the plot a little bit. A little bit without giving anything away. Yeah, there's some twists and turns. <laughs> yeah, there's a wealthy family with the head of the family is a famous author. Yes. Uh, and he has a, a lot of uh, children that are kind of looking to inherit his fortune. Oh, yeah, they're mooching off of him. Yeah, basically. And he shows up dead one day, and it looks like suicide, but there it seems like uh, it might be fishy. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig's an investigator who was just hired randomly. Uh, he received a big bundle of money to investigate this, and he doesn't know from who. Yeah. So he kind of shows up with the investigators, and uh, Daniel Craig's a famous, famous 
investigator. <laughs> so, yeah, he doesn't know why he's there. He doesn't know who hired him. And they have a he's trying to track down the killer if it wasn't suicide, basically. Yeah, and it's kind of just hard to figure out who had the motive. Yeah, so who everyone, everyone had the motive. Everyone was mooching off of him. Yeah, exactly. Everyone they're was, all a ter- They're all terrible yeah, people. Yeah, they were all this close to getting cut off. So, with the exception of the the his caretaker. Yeah. Uh, who's who? Everybody, everybody's trying to get information out of her. <laughs> yeah. Because she was the closest to him. And actually cared about him. Yeah, so uh, it's a big whodunit kind of movie, and it's humorous. It has a lot of twists and turns. It's uh, you know, has a lot of great actors. <laughs> it's well written. Um, it was a good little movie. It's good, and then you kind of just try to figure out like, oh, I think this person did it. No, I think this person did it. Yeah. Um, so you pretty much has you guessing all the way until the end. Mm-hmm. A lot of tongue in cheek mm-hmm. humor as well. So yeah, is what do you think? liked it um i don't know if it was like the best movie ever but no it was a good just you know it was a good movie. yeah just kind of like just something uh, just a fun movie yeah something just lighthearted to watch um i would give it like a three out of five yeah i think a three is appropriate but i would still recommend it i mean you can watch it it's on prime it's not gonna cost you anything exactly. it's not that long it's entertaining it's so. not gonna get an oscar it's not gonna get an oscar <laughs> but if you want to hear 007 i'm kidding oh that, that alone is worth the watch because he is he is hilarious with his kentucky fried oh accent. and captain america being a total douchebag oh yeah he's a dick <laughs> there's a lot it. of people who are dicks in this movie but man it uh yeah very cleverly written so knives out check it out check it out on amazon all right and that will wrap up our newest episode of for my role podcast thank you thank you for listening